0: The term of one-pointedness, uh, can come up in meditation or considering it or reading about it or thinking about it. Uh, word ekagata. Um, and it certainly seems to, uh, attractive in the mind, unified, still, settled, steady. Yeah? Um, but it really is rather, uh, rather later development it depends you know I mean how uh, late but, it, but it's not it's not the first thing that happens in other words you don't fix your mind to one point um, as a preliminary theme at least the way the Buddha presented it um, it's first. So it's fairly active but it's one point and it's one aim there's one intention yeah which is to get settled so there's one point, not like physical point, but one topic, one theme. How do I get settled and comfortable? And, uh, so my mind will, you know, meet and dispel its, uh, uh crankiness, negativity, restlessness, you know, energy imbalances, dullness, um, feeling of inadequacies, these afflictions or hindrances which you can read the classical ones, you know, ill will, uh, craving and sense, ambition and sense desire, um, lethargy and indolence, and uh, restlessness, worry and flurry, and doubt or lack of confidence. So in this one, doubt isn't just a lack of information, because information doesn't, Free you from this kind of doubt. This doubt is about a feeling of, uh, you know, lack of, lack of, lack of confidence. I don't feel adequate. I doubt my capacities. I don't have faith in myself or in my mind. I'm not going to make it. Yeah. And so there's a certain sort of, you know, uh, That's that's hugely crippling, because who knows? (laughs) And what does make it mean, you know? And what's what's the pass mark? How good do you have to get? And, And who knows where it's going to go? Really, the future is open. So to have something that's kind of constantly nagging at, well, you know... Like, you are know, driving with a handbrake on. So, uh, this can be chronic. This doubt experience it can lead to depression, which is a feeling of just can't put any energy forward. Just nothing. You don't trust anything. So, these uh, hindrances, you know, they're not just meditation topics. They are, they're, uh, you know, fundamental. Um, problems, and one point in this really arrives after these have been allayed. So most of your work, it's one point in the theme of it, you've got one intention is to find, uh, you know, a way, a means, a skillful means, or a set of skillful means, that you can use to to shrug off, to get the mind to slip out of the grasp of these Hindrances, which all are a consequence of the contracted or incomplete, um, citta, when it's not fully opened. And something is blocking it. So it's, your will causes a, a certain lack of vitality, a certain lack of, 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 um, Health. It is literally an illness. They're poisoning towards oneself, towards others, imagining people who don't like me, uh, feeling of uh, complaining about myself, um inferred ill will. You know, I have to make sure I'm good enough because otherwise people would criticise me. These are you know subtle and grosser forms of ill will. We assume the worst for ourselves because we don't deserve we're inadequate. This is ill work. You know, so, where's that? How come? These are not intellectual, um, these are not intellectual deductions. These are pathologies. You know? The uh, craving and ambition need more, need more, need more. To be complete, need more, need more, need more. And, but, you know, of course, it doesn't get completed. Because the, what seems to be a, a vacuity that one's trying to fill with something isn't actually a hole at all, it's a block. A, a, like an absence of, of, uh, you know, vitality and completeness. And you can't, you know, no matter how much stuff you throw into it, it's not a hole that you can fill because there's not even a hole. Yeah, and the thing is to, uh, again, it's a, a restriction of mind. Restriction of chitta. Chitta feels it can't stand up on its own, it needs something. Uh, lethargy, indolence, there's a kind of why bother, can't put forth. There's no motivation. And motivation can seem like a driven state, but it's actually feeling, yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, good. You know, willingness, volunteer, the volunteer is motivation, quality, you know, in us which rises up, you know. and our motivation is to, is to realize truth, to, uh, be undeluded, to, you know, you name it, to, uh, quell these compulsive reactions, psycholo- psychologies, and so you know if we get indolent and lethargic it's also a sense in which the jitter is not complete it's not doesn't can't is not capable of bringing forth an intention like it's all damp matches you could say nothing nothing sparks yeah. and so you know restlessness can't settle this that, this that this that it's like we don't, the mind doesn't have a place to sit down in. Um, and uh, it can't, because it's looking in the wrong place. In fact, everything uh, is uh, changeable and fluctuating. So you can't really sit in sensations because they keep shifting and changing. Thoughts shift and change, places shift and change. You can't settle, so there's always be some itchiness about it. And doubt is the culmination of all that lot, which means you just give up on yourself, is really what it implies. Mm. I'm wondering, speculating, why am I like this? What did I do? How did I get to be? Which is a completely useless question. If we knew the answer, it still wouldn't do any good. <laughs> and so often the doubting mind is asking the wrong questions. And so this is uh you know, often this is really our what we're coming up against. And the one pointedness is a nice idea, and maybe we can suppress some of these qualities, but most meditations are not one pointed in that sense of a physical place, like if you contemplate Bhavana, you practice something like that, you can bring up various themes of you know, people you respect, admire, people you find worthy, people you find okay, people you feel grateful for, people you have some difficulty with, you know, it's to keep it changing. Yeah? Yeah. And similarly, mindfulness of breathing, the breath is constantly shifting and changing and the aim is to. there's a certain balancing that can occur where you flow on it um, and that's where the hindrances are not constantly distracting but this isn't arrived at through focusing on one particular physical location at least there isn't any uh, advice in that regard instead the process of meditation, vitaka, bringing to mind, is an action. Bring something to mind. Ittaka, bring to mind. So choose, bring to mind something worthy, something useful, helpful, supportive to bring to mind. So, of course, any old thing can come in. So we bring to mind, I'm suggesting something like... Uh, Safe or steady or comfortable or rested as a primary object. Bring that to mind. Well, you know, you can, many things you can bring to mind. Bring to mind the presence of your own body. Not the sensations, but just the fact, the presence of it. As a location, as a here And in that here embodiment, Certainly sensations are moving around, shifting and changing, but the quality of the here-ness, the location, which is not a particular physical location, it's a sense. It's a, it's a consciousness, it's a conscious sense. Yeah? And you say the word here, where's that? Rather, you know, not the idea, but what can we point to? What can we aim at? It's not a physical sensation. Yeah. So of course, it's in some ways it can be seen as elusive. But it's actually directly bringing forth the embodied mind, which is always here. And then bring this forth. Bring to mind... And then sample it, Vichara, evaluate how is this? What's the experience of that? How do I? what's the feeling with that? What's the mood with that? Mm-hmm. And you bring to mind and you evaluate and you're looking for qualities, sensed qualities that give rise to a certain the mind gets them. You know, it's like its appetite is wetted. It's interested. Now that's the way to one point. Yeah. So it's very much a negotiating. Itaka, bring to mind. feel it out. How is this? Is it opening? Is it comfortable? Is it something that invites settling in? Does it? Have this ehipasako quality come in? Then you, you know, you can enter that. And there's a certain propensity to dwell in that. Because it's enjoyable. And these qualities of enjoyment come up. It's called piti sukha, a certain interest and a certain comfort. And this, these qualities, there's a certain happiness, you could say, are the signs of the jitta, coming out of its shroud it's happy you know, awakening is a happy process why does the soul wake up happy Rumi's poems because that's the way it is uh, you know it's the opposite of being miserable <laughs> and you know the <laughs> so <laughs> that's exactly the you know the nub of the Buddha's teaching was to stop being miserable <laughs> which is kind of you know in a way it's it's appealingly uh sort of uh' almost mundane isn't it it's not be noble be astral be but just stop being miserable <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because to actually stop being miserable, you have to be pretty wise. <laughs> because there's quite a lot of unpleasant things happening, and er- unpleasant areas to go into <laughs> that can come at you. So, and you're finding that where in that is the place where your mind sort of stops stressing and straining, and feels gladdened. And then, then that's where, that's your place, or your space, or your phase, where the mind isn't being swept away by these hindering qualities. Now this, so this, this then becomes your point. It's called a secondary sign. Secondary, in other words, you could see, so you could focus on breathing in and out. Or you could focus on parts of the body, but as you, as the mind takes to its object, it feels happy with that, finds it somewhere in there that's comfortable, agreeable, interesting. the secondary quality comes up, which is coming from the jitter itself. Says, "Oh, hello, oh, you yeah. know, oh, this is nice. I'm, I'm awake for this." And that's that's what you fo- That's that's your focus. That sense of. Where there's a response, you know? So, it's not just directing, so directing is part of it, but you've got to keep, how is that, how is that, how is that? And then when there's a response, the mind says, oh, oh no, this is, I want to be here. Then, that experience, and what comes up in that experience, it could be, particular rhythms, or sensations, but there's a certain happiness to it, a certain comfortable quality. And that's uh, where the mind is settled. Now if we take that to a practice, like um, just coming into your body, you know, all the various phenomena that can occur in that, and instead of this is there, you know, differentiating Legs, knees, you just get the whole sense of the bodily experience as it's unfolding. Awareness of all that. And instead of the mind sort of, sort of changing and fixing things, it's just bear that in mind. This is embodiment. And in all, in all this, how am I with that? How is the mind with that? Can I hold, sustain attention or awareness of all that? And feel within that, the unifying factor is it all responds to breathing in and out. There's an energy that runs through that rising and falling Mm -hmm. breathing in breathing out so that ripples through that uh, field bodied field and where it gets where it seems to be blocked or stuck then you bring your attention to those places what's happening here <coughs> feels stuck, feels tense feels dry, feels resisting uh, feels unsettled and um, your attention there and again widen your field of attention around that area keep winding until you can feel the whole of your body your embodiment so it's rather like you've got the particular point is this difficult area and then you like you're zooming out you're still keeping it in mind but you're you experience it in relationship to everything else. You experience it as part of this flow, not separate from it. And that will allow energy to move through that, that difficult area. A tendency in focusing, again one of the, the very problems of the word is to focus always, you get up right close. Microscope is the ideal focuser. So. You investigate what this is about. Um, but suggesting it's not so much this reductionist mode where you're always going down and down to investigate some intrinsic quality within that but it's a a constructivist mode which means how does all this affect everything else? it's more like that's an inclusive thing so rather than looking into the detail how does this affect everything else? How does this uh, this difficult experience? You know, how is that affecting the widest aspects? Uh, so, some places where I feel feel body feels quite okay. Space, rhythm, energy is okay. And how's so? We, we connect it to the whole thing. I don't know if that makes sense to you That's the point of breathing because breathing runs through everything So, you know, you might say, okay, well if you look at it this way, you can look at it this way I've got a difficult sensation or experience in, in my shoulders Just wind your attention right down to the soles of your feet How is, how is the whole thing? And that allows energy to, to move. Because the problem of all problem suffering essentially is exclusion. And when we experience pain, somebody is wants to cut it off, push it out. Yeah. Physical pain, psychological pain, emotional pain, we always want to cut it out and exclude it. Well, in, in contemplative terms, that very exclusivity, excluding creates a resistance and a tension the mind will never going to settle. It's always going to be resisting and agitating and agitating mm-hmm. and then feeling stymied because it doesn't work. You can't cut out the unpleasant. But, if you widen, you can see it as relative, just one aspect of the whole field. And, well, okay, no longer feels so tense, so up against the wall with that. And there's a softening, oh, can occur, softening of intention, attitude, and all is really needed here is perhaps just patience and goodwill. Yeah. Just bearing with with goodwill. It's rather like you know the simile of a river. And if we have some salt in a half a cup of water it tastes very salty, so you try and get the saltiness out of the water. You realize it's only you know half a cup of water with a spoonful of salt in it. You try and how can I extract the saltiness from that? And then you try and cut it out. You don't like it. Well, how you extract the saltiness is you get the cup of water and you pour it in a ten-gallon tank. It doesn't taste salty anymore. <laughs> or you put it in the river. So if the mind is vast, then these things no longer snag and the mind doesn't pick it up instead it attunes to the quality of the flow the wateriness of it not the saltiness and the uh, possibility for awakening is just this capacity of the mind, if we select, and we're able to select, we're able to facilitate the arising of a skillful state, or a fortunate state, or an unstressed state, that becomes the dominant thing, and you don't even notice. You know, it's not through, it's just, it's, it's, it's like, you know, potentially there's so many things we could remember now about our lives. There's so many difficult things you could remember and unhappy things we could remember and crazy things and funny things. The mind always selects something and makes that the presentation of who I am. That's, that's its nature. So similarly, you know, if we are able to attune to the release of stress, the non-saltiness of the water, the wetness of the water, rather than the salt in it, and make that the theme, you you know, it's, it's not being picked up. Suffering is not being picked up. Stress is not being picked up. And that's what you're mind will become one-pointed in. You know? Because it naturally settles into a place of ease. That's its, na- that's its nature. So, you know, hindrances will tend to bring up particular things to be hindered by. You know? So hindrances, we find, the hindrance will take over, we will find something to get filled, fed up with. Here is a craving, the propensity of craving, it's called the craving element. Turns up, you'll find something to crave, and so on. Potentially it's all there, but potentially there's also the non-aversion, a non-craving, and that's the sign we're looking for. And we can find within this very embodiment, exactly that paradigm because you know, the body by itself is fundamentally healthy it's like an apple with specks on it the apple is fundamentally healthy it's just got some specks on the, you know, the skin so you focus on the wholeness of it the health of it and then the blemishes and the twisted bits don't even really register. Mm-hmm. Then that's our one-pointedness. So that's that's the aim of it. Tukka, bring to mind. Vichara, uh, evaluate, find where it's working, settle in, experience a sense of relief, some motivation, some vitality opening and that's that's your point so let's have some time for some practice just to add a few notes on, on that if you while you're sitting here please don't make this some kind of um, too much of an obstacle <laughs> if you need to move do do move to wriggle a little bit or Establish a contract, it's okay to wriggle. Um, Or stand up, if it gets extremely painful, just stand quietly, stand for a while, you can sit down again. So don't get into the kind of, I've got to sit here rigid, no matter what, uh, attitude. Um, Just spend the time in a careful and caring way.